Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are ba- 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 back. Okay. That I don't know. <laughs> you cut out there? No. No, that was my really bad um, attempt at being funny. Is it the uh, time to duel? Oh man, I can. I you go back in the day. It's time to do 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 do. And that theme was a cracker back in the day. It was. I love that one. Yeah. Uh, Yu Gi Oh. I don't know why it always kind of. It it was fun. But it 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 didn't have the same shine as Pokemon for me. Like, like it wasn't. I think it was just kind of like it wasn't as hopeful for me. Well, you know, like, oh, God, I've lost this duel. I'm going to go to the Shadow Realm. Meanwhile, Pikachu is still doing his thing in Pokemon. Did you yeah. guys know that in the newest series of Pokemon, Pokemon Journeys, um, the first episode, and this is like season 23 of the whole Pokemon anime, um, it actually, you get the thing of like, they do like a backstory on Pikachu of like back when he was a Pichu before he meets Ash. It's really cute. And it's actually really, really sad. You like, you I'm not going to talk about it because no one's here to listen to Pokemon, but like it's, it's actually really sweet. It's, it's good that they're doing character work with Pikachu because he is just the best. And you know what? Hey, I mean, how many people still know about Yu-Gi-Oh or know about Yu-Gi-Oh today, especially the kids and everyone knows what Pokemon is. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows what a Pikachu is. And that's just the way I like my life is Pokemon. No one, not everyone knows Celtic guardian. No, no one knows Dark Magician or Dark Magician Girl or or Exodia or the Egyptian God cards. I mean, it's a oh, whole. Oh man, when I was a kid, I tried to get all the Exodia cards. Slytha, oh, or like Slytha, like the way Yugi would summon the cards. Slytha, the Sky Dragon, and like the whole animation budget's just gone into this one scene. Anyway, though, this I is was like Brad Marchant. This is a hockey podcast. <laughs> no, Exodia, Exodia is like uh, is Connor McDavid. It's just like if he's on and you summon all five pieces, you've won. <laughs> it's just that's how it works. Did he hit a hundred points since our last episode, or was it before that? Like, did we did we talk about it? Uh, yes, we remember. did talk about it. We did good but, because but yeah, Daniel wasn't here. I was not here. Daniel, would you like to have a quick word on McDavid because we do have a lot to talk about? Today. Yes, he is good. Yes. And he hit it in the most entertaining way possible. So congrats, Ken Connor. I'm, you know, I, was, I keep saying David McConnor, so it's actually really hard saying Connor McDavid right now for me. You know, I felt really annoyed by that because I had been staying up and watching all of Edmonton's games lately, except the one where he hit 100 points. I went to bed, woke up, saw it was 100 points, and got really upset about it. I was like, the one time, the one time, guys. Okay. There's a lot to talk about. There's like a serious amount of gubbins to talk about here. I think we should, we're going to preview the playoffs. And I think that's going to take a good bit of time before we get there though. I think we got to talk about probably let's go news of the day. First, I say we start with, uh, with, with, um, with Quinn, okay. then we go to Jack Eichel and then we do the playoffs. How about Patrick Liney? Are we doing that? Oh yeah. There's Patrick Liney too. Oh my God. There's so much. 
you got to love when the season's done. It's like all the Europeans are going home, and for some reason they don't think translators are a thing, and they talk, and it just sounds terrible. They are misinterpreted. It, it's, Remember, it's, that's always the argument. It's the most. It's the. It's a really interesting thing. They they get really comfortable with their um, home newspapers or news outlets. I find that the most interesting thing. I understand why that's probably the case, mm-hmm. but I just I always find that the most interesting thing. You know remember I, who did that? I remember. Igor Ozhiganov. Yes, and yeah. Nicholas Hagman back in the day. That he said I don't that remember. Randy Carlyle never gave him a chance. I remember um, when Kucherov did it, and it sounded like he basically called out um, like half of Tampa for getting paid, and then um, they just didn't show up in the playoffs, and now they won the cup. It's, man, I, language, man. Language barriers to hell of a thing. So, news of the day. The New York Rangers have fired head coach David Quinn um, and three of his assistants. That also includes, by the way, Jacques Martin, which was – I forgot he was even in the league. Uh, the only guy who's still around is Benoit Allaire, who is their uh, goalie coach. Makes sense. Lundquist worked out pretty well. Makes sense. Um, Jorgen Georgiev. Yeah, yeah, pretty decent players, so I'm told. Um, <laughs> so – I think we all sort of saw this coming. Uh, it very much feels like right now that Jimmy Dolan and um, Glenn Sather, who are just apparently still has an influence on the Rangers, uh, are very much having a complete reset here. I do feel really bad for David Quinn. Um, he's one of the very few guys, like coaches we've seen come out the NCAA. And I also saw a lot of people, and Alex pointed this out to me in the group chat, um, that he there was hope that if the Rangers got him, there'd be a connection because apparently he coached Jack Eichel in college, which is pretty interesting. But here's what I want to ask you guys about this, because I think Elliot Freeman made, made the point on the 31 Thoughts podcast that even when Dolan fires somebody, it doesn't mean he's completely stopped listening to them. Like, you know, we, we've seen in the past. And the reason I mention this is I wonder, a guy who has been fired from the Rangers, they need a new head coach. Maybe we get a John Tortorella return, baby. That would be. It'd be funny. It'd be well, interesting. That's what I'm saying, Brooksy. <laughs> it'd be like, interesting yeah. with the uh, the personalities there, like a Jacob Truba, an Adam Fox with a a John Tortorella, or I mean, like more of this, like a Capo Caco, who's you know not necessarily known as the best two way guy. How would that kind of translate? How about this? Hey, Panarin. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm back. He's requesting a trade. I uh, I can see um, Travis Green going to New York. They'll pay him a pretty penny. I saw somebody mention that, and I thought, man, isn't that just the funniest thing? More than They'll pay him more than uh, more than Vancouver will. That's, that, I don't even know if that's up for discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Learning about sort of the history of, um, of, of of Dolan over the past couple of weeks as, as, you know, someone who's not a massive basketball fan, so I don't know a lot about the Knicks, but learning about, like, the stuff he did with Phil Jackson and that. And, of course, he owned the Rangers and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not going to be afraid to throw around the money, but, you know, this adds the list of now we got Rick Tockett. Um, there's still Boudreaux. There's still Gerard Gallant. There's still Patrick Waugh, which, God, please, please go to Montreal. I'm begging you. There are, I mean, I, it's going to be, there are, there are candidates out there. And maybe sure, Seattle sure. starts making their moves, too, because they signed their first player earlier today. Yes, they did. 
That mm-hmm. was uh, quite exciting. What even was his name? The, the Reed Duke of uh, of yeah, the, I was gonna say generation. He he's from the QMJHL. Was, I was waiting uh, for um, a lot of those tweets that we had before, where it's like, when is everyone? Right? When is every season ticket holder gonna get the Reed Duke jersey? <laughs> Why not, dude? I think he, I can't remember his name, but he plays for the Armada. Yeah, uh, is did, it Luke Hen Hennen? Yeah, it's like yeah, Hannon yeah. or something. He, like that. He, uh, I think Saravelli pointed out he was drafted by the Canes the same year that uh, Ron Francis left. Francis left in April. He was drafted a couple months later. Oh. You know what's interesting, by the way, uh, Reed Duke. By the way, is um, he just he's been in the AHL. He's still Actually, name. By the way, Reed Duke. I like it. Yeah, Reed pretty Duke. Pretty sick name. No, it is. Pretty oh, sounds sick. like a sportscaster. Uh, and throw it down to Reek Duke, who has the lineup and additions and whatnot. And uh, yeah, well, thanks, Glenn. And then they were going on their way. Yeah. I have a theory on where um, Jack, where Quinn ends up. Where? Uh, I think he's go. I think Buffalo tries. I think they leave try. The state. I think they try really hard to bring Quinn in. Uh, just like you said before, that they're. He, if you go read quotes about Jack Eichel, what Jack Eichel said about Quinn, they seem very close, and it's similar to what Jack Eichel you was saying about Ralph Kruger. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to Jack Eichel, obviously, but it is not a very good situation uh, in Buffalo at the moment between the two two parties, no. and it seems like Jack Eichel is all but gone at this point. Now, obviously, he's under contract. Like he's not just going to go, go in the summer. He has to be traded. But I think this is going to be their last ditch effort to try to keep him, or at least want him to stay in Buffalo. Because I don't think he does. And I, I think at this point, why not just throw whatever you can at that, and for, in, for Buffalo's sake, and just try to try something to keep Jack Eichel. You don't know, if, and I, I doubt David Quinn is going to cost a ton. And because you know that's the one thing with Buffalo is they don't seem keen on throwing money away right now. Um, but again, like David Quinn, I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have any success with the Rangers. Um, man, it, it's really funny looking at their goal differential. By the way, a lot of people have been pointing that out. Though shifting gears, Jack Eichel, and I've got a little snippet from Elliot Friedman has a really really good piece. Thirty one thoughts: What caused the disconnect between Eichel and Sabers? So. Um, quote, what we know, Jack Eichel dropped a neutron bomb on the Buffalo Sabres as the team's captain revealed Monday that he's, quote, a bit upset about the way that things have been handled since I've been hurt. There's been a bit of a disconnect from the organization and myself. Um, and I only remember the last time Jack Eichel played, but it has not been for a while. And there were trade talks back then. And the rest of this, um, well, it, it, it probably digs the hole a little deeper. Um, another thing from Michael himself here, the most important thing is trying to get healthy and figure out a way to be available to play hockey next year, wherever that might be. Continuing the article, what we want to know, why did Eichel do it? Here's the best Picasso I can paint. According to multiple sources, Eichel had a contiguous exit with the organization. No one is commenting, but it's believed he is exploring on the advice of his medical team his medical team, an artificial disc replacement in his neck. The Sabres are apparently, um, this is, is not part of Elliot's article, uh, the Sabres are not 
interested in this at all because there's been no history of an NHLer coming back from this injury. Now, later in Elliot's stuff, they've talked about some other athletes and then some bits from John Hopkins Medicine talking about the procedure itself. We don't need to go into that. We're not doctors. But anyway, um, and in the CBA, apparently this was rectified when the last CBA was done. Players now have the right to get a second opinion, but the Sabres in no way want this to happen because they want Jack Eichel to play hockey. Um, along these lines, too, we'll get to these players in a bit, but Sam Reinhart sounds like he wants out. Rasmus Ristolainen said he wouldn't mind if they traded him. It feels like he's been saying that for a I couple mean, yeah, of years. Yeah, like the last the way, seven years. Yeah, the way they've been treating him. Um, I, I asked this question to you guys a couple months ago, then I don't remember which one of you, but one of you put a, a poll up. I remember in the response to Elliot Freeman on the Twitter, which everyone should go follow. And we had a poll asking people, um, writing off Elliot's coattails for the responses about, about this mm-hmm. question. So I'll ask it again here right now. And maybe we can ask this question if they do hire Quinn later down the line, has Jack Eichel played his last game as a Buffalo Sabre? Yes. And I, yeah, I think that he's given all he can to this team already. And it's not like, it's not like it's just, you know, we, they, that Jack Eichel and they're like, that's it. And like in terms of the draft, they've been blessed with draft picks, even when they went a bit off the top five, you know, they got someone like Dylan Cousins who's coming in, but they just couldn't make anything work there. And I think it's time for Buffalo to kind of really reassess that, yeah, it's time to get what assets we can. You know, we they still have, like, the ball's still in their court in terms of his contract and what they could trade him for. But I think it's kind of time for Buffalo to kind of reassess that they can't build through Jack Eichel, especially when you see those types of comments that he had from there. Where, when he said, wherever that may be, I think, for me, that was, like, the nail in the coffin. And what you've mentioned before already, Adam, it's it's it starts with Jack Eichel, but it also goes down to the other players, too, where... It's it's a culture thing. These other guys don't want to stay there either. So I think that it's time to kind of reassess and just change everything. I agree with Daniel. Uh, there's nothing that they can do. And I, I think I brought up David Quinn, and I think that could be a last-ditch effort. But that coaching staff is just the start. Uh, There's so, so much wrong going on in Buffalo. I don't remember if it was – leaf sour or hockey central they were talking about it you have to feel bad for jack eichel because look at the guys who have left ryan o'reilly left went to won a cup won a, and then won the con Smythe. uh apparently he was close with bogosian gets uh, i believe the there was the termination signs in tampa bay wins a cup the next year yeah. that same year so, like he's watching people leave the organization and succeed yeah. What, how, what can, what, and it's not really Kevin Adams' fault. I think Kevin Adams was given this roster. He brought in Taylor Hall, who was supposedly like he was the best forward going into free agency, is what we were all told. And it still didn't work. What is there for the team to do to fix any of this? And you know what? And maybe he could have gotten return assets. And then he blew the, he blew the Hall trade. And naturally, like we all knew it was going to happen, Hall has gone to Boston and has been lights out good. That's pretty annoying. 
Um, and then Friedman also tweeted out this stuff because Kevin Adams spoke to the media today. Buffalo GM Kevin Adams is making a statement on Jack Eichel. Says Sabres want Eichel to be healthy, had no problem with the second opinion, and there was a constant communication. Says doctors agreed on a conservative rehab approach. Adams backs their expertise, feeling Eichel could avoid surgery, confirms that Eichel and his reps have considered a different option. That's a cervical disc replacement. The team is not comfortable with it because there is not a history of NHL players coming back from it. Um, I just kind of like from an Eichel point of view here is um, because listen, um, I I don't know. It's just because I've heard so many cases of this with football in the NFL, but it's just, you know, um, and you know what? NHL players are, are sort of lucky to have guaranteed contracts, but if it's health, especially with something like a cervical like disc, like that is, if it's that serious that the team are actually thinking of, or not team that isn't Eichel's representative, they're thinking of this kind of surgery. Man, it's his body. If he needs the surgery, get the surgery. We like look at Oscar Kleffbaum. He's pushed. He pushed back the sort like the surgery in his shoulder. We don't know if he'll ever play again. Um, Victor Hedman is pushing back surgery. Apparently, we don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, who knows what Tampa Bay are going to look like? Because I want to really mention how I don't think it's slammed up. They're going to be Florida. I actually think the Panthers are going to win, but we'll talk about that later when we get to the playoff preview, ladies and gentlemen. I oh sorry, Adam. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna shift gears to Reinhardt and Ristolainen there, but if you have more on Eichel, go ahead. Yeah, I think just one more point before we shift gears is, if I'm Jack Eichel in this situation, like you said, in terms of my body, in terms of my health, I'm gonna do what's best for me. But the way I see things is the way the communications kind of been is, you're you're rushing me to come back based on how serious this injury is, but the question is, what am I coming back to? What 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 is this th- this team that's going back to? Because a big thing I've been thinking about with you guys as well is in terms of asset management. When you keep bringing in these guys to try to build the Jack Eichel, is I also remember Evander Kane where they traded so many assets for him, and then he didn't want to return either, and then they traded him for what became the thirty first pick in the draft. So let's just remind ourselves. You know what? You always want to look at um, where organizations started in an era, you can say, and where they've ended. So when the Buffalo Sabres drafted Jack Eichel, everyone remember, where did they finish in the standings? Dead last. Now, if this is indeed Jack Eichel's last game, where are they finishing in the standings? Dead last. Dead last. They are last by six points to the Anaheim Ducks. They have not taken, and we had Will on, and he talked about that, you know, compared to that, that Sabres team that was, as as many experts have said, traded every goalie that made a save. Jeff Merrick, shout out to you. They have not gone anywhere. Like even with you know a good young goaltender like um, I can't I remember Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark, thank you. Even like Ukapeka Lukanen's a younger guy. Um, they're they're kind of in dire straits to save Darlene. <laughs> Granado has done a great job with them, but still, I mean. They're unhappy with, or sorry, Reinhardt looks like he's done. Again, we've we've talked about so much with Rasmus Ristolainen. And then it's like, okay, great. Middlestat wants to stay. You kind of already screwed up the beginning of his career too. Yeah, great Dylan Cousins. He just got out the world juniors for the love of, of, of all things. Like, 
he's not the player that should be like, oh, hey there, you know, next year going in, the guys who are going to be carrying this team, Dylan Cousins. Like, I remember at the World Juniors, we were talking about, like, great leader, you know, the moment when, you know, the camera was coming around and, like, he turns away um, – Who's the Colorado defense? Bowen Byron. I can't remember anyone today. When Bowen Byron was crying at the silver medal stuff, and he turns away like, great kid, great character, but he's a kid. Is he even 21 yet, Dylan Cousins? No. Nope. I think he just turned 20. Yeah. And that's it. Like, there is – and this was the big problem with going back to Buffalo when they went scorched earth. There is no way of setting a culture there. It's just losing and losing and losing. But I, I, I think – I look at Buffalo and I look at Detroit because Detroit went like they did a similar thing to Buffalo. They tore that thing right down to the bottom with the exception of Larkin and Bertuzzi at this point. And Franz Nielsen. But what they did is they brought like it was Ken Holland and say what you want about Ken Holland in terms of what towards the end of that tenure. But he was, he is a good general manager and they replaced him with Steve Eiserman, who's going to create a culture there. What they've done in Buffalo is is the complete opposite of that. They haven't brought in anybody who's going to create a culture. They've seemed to bring in all these guys with not a whole lot of experience. And I, I looked at what they did with what the Pagulas did with the Bills and bringing in the right people. That's what they have to do here. They have to bring in the right person to build this franchise back up. And that starts with whether it's a general manager slash president or you have a president of hockey operations and a general manager. That's what you need to do. You need a vision of where you're going. That too. Another yeah. part is just like, and, and it goes to your point there, Alex, the revolving door of head coaches and GMs, um, you know, it, it kills any sort of chance to build an identity with your team. Um, like, listen, rebuilding teams, the first one you think of right now is the two big ones I can think of rebuilding teams and how well they have gone. The great examples of rebuilds have been Toronto and the Rangers. The Leafs had Bozak. They had Van Riemsdyk. They held on to those guys. Um, even with the goaltending, Frederick Anderson had played, had, had a career at Anaheim, like, never forget. Like, there are people saying, how could you get rid of him? You have John Gibson. And, you know, and, and the Rangers, they still had for a good while, Not they eventually traded. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, but you know you still had Chris Kreider, you still had Lundqvist until there was a guy who was ready to step in. It's just Durkin. I mean, we'll see how the Rangers go from here. Right. <laughs> they clearly are changing vision and rebuild, but we'll see. Say what you want about this this guy in particular in terms of how he looks at hockey, but you know who would have been a great hire for this team as a president? Would it be a certain uh, Brian Burke? Or Brian Burke, yeah. yeah. Just, He'll tell everyone to put on their big boy pants. He would have set that franchise straight. I just think it's you got to think of how much would it take to get him in, though. Right. Yeah. A lot of money. He would. He mm-hmm. would yeah, I would. <sighs> well, I guys, think, the Buffalo's. Sorry. Yeah, I think. Um, and we used a joke before where I think they need that type of management that knows how to pivot because we've shown they've shown in the past they know how to you know taking it all down to the studs, right? Mm-hmm. But they don't know how to pivot. And I, I think of um, The Godfather, where um, Tom Hagen's, where he's not a, he's not, what is it? Um, Alec is a wartime, wartime. Wartime consigliere. Yeah, he's that. He's not that. So they have to get someone that, you know, once there's 
a bit of a sense of foundation. They know how to pivot moving forward, but they don't have either of those. I just want to point out that my mother just came in and stole my dog. I'm pretty upset mm. about that. I'm actually really upset about that. Did you mention this episode that you're not in Montreal? Um, I don't think I have to because I heard a motorcycle and thought people are going to put it together. But yeah, okay. I'm, I'm in Pickering <laughs> for a few days because ortho, surgery, follow-up. I'm a busy man. Um, it's okay. It's medical, so I'm allowed to. He lives by the train. Well, I mean, when you live in downtown, like there's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the... No, I was going to mention the thing about streetcars. What are we doing here? Okay, play Shout out to Via Rail. Yeah, they I permanently keep the option of being able to pay for debit if you're getting food. Like credit only? Are you kidding me? I hate motorcycles. I hate it so much. Hate it. Okay. Well then. Last. We can do a playoff preview here. Um, All but two matchups are kind of in the air here. I forgot something. Sorry. What did I forget? Patrick Liney. God, yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> He's not in the playoff preview. No, no, he's not. <laughs> oh. And I don't think he's going to be in Columbus much longer. So Patrick Lyon, there is a, one of the best things about the end of the year around the NHL is all the European players. This isn't a stereotype or anything. Every year, <laughs> for some reason, they go back to their home countries. I can think of Nikita Kucherov or the lads mentioned before the call, Igor Zaganov. They go home and they speak to their like local sort of market guys in their own language. And they just seem to just be completely unfiltered. And like Kucherov called out like about like, I think he called out Alex Kalorn a few years ago. It was a whole thing. Patrick Liney has basically gone back to Finland and done the same thing. Um, now, <laughs> apparently on, on May 10th, there was this whole thing of Liney saying to the media, I've enjoyed every minute I've been here. Uh, it's been great for the fans in the stands. I love it, and I want to stay here for sure. I love it here was the big thing. Then he went back to Finland, or spoke to a Finnish reporter, and basically said, I hate everything to do with hockey. Um, I'm not going to go to the World Juniors because I'm, uh, I'm not going to go to the World Championships because I'm so sick of it. Um <laughs> Just completely unfiltered. I, I, I like, have the quote. Okay, good, because I was stalling trying to find it, and I just could not do it. <laughs> so he says, uh, you won't see me at the Worlds. It was such a season that I can't stand a game of hockey. It was an absolute miserable experience team-wise and personally. It's just a good feeling that the season is over. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hearing what? it again is just, oh, wow. And it sounds like him, right? Like, yeah, like, you can, you can, a pretty. You can hear the personality coming through. Uh, can you just read that one more time, please, Alex? You won't see me at the Worlds. It was such a season that I can't stand a game of hockey. It was an absolute miserable experience, team-wise and personally. It's just a good feeling that the season is over. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Okay. Uh, he he, uh, guys. Guys, I seriously don't. He he's he can't stay right. He can't. It's not happening. No, he's not, not a power forward. He's ah, oh, Daniel. Why'd you do that? <laughs> why'd you do that? He's not a lawnmower. He's a fry. He's the um. He's whatever you would call Alex. What's the name of like the Mercedes F one car? It's like the MW. AMG. 
the AMG. It's he's the brand new. Uh, he's the 2021 GMC Sierra uh, Denali with new um, in thingy. I don't know. I I just sort of um, I just kind of love this kind of stuff because it's just. Man, could you imagine if Line A had just gone on to like, I don't know, he goes to 31 Thoughts of the podcast and just looks at Elliot Friedman in the eyes and says, everything that could have gone wrong, the coach that benched me, um, them trying to make me play both ends of the ice, which I refuse to do because I'm Patrick Line A and I'm a goal scorer. Um, we traded everyone because we sucked. Um, you know, I, I, I say in public, I want the Jets to win. I probably hate them because Blake Wheeler's a dick to him, probably. Um, and just basically gives the whole two cents. I just wish, like, those players would just say this to the media over here. Because, man, would it just make the fu- like the sport even more fun? I, I could see Jeff Merrick on 31 Thoughts just immediately going, and now to our sponsors. And then, then he does the GMC Sierra Denali. Yeah, there, and then, yeah. Then, then we'll hear that. But we're here, so, like, it'll be like you'll hear the sponsor, but then you hear like Line A still trying to say something like under it. And he's like, and then he put me on the fourth line with with God. Who was the guy? Like, who was he playing with on the fourth line? Uh, Zach Dalpe. Zach Dalpe. I didn't even know how to say that guy's legend. name. Zach Dalpe. Like, what are you thinking? And like, you know, Jeff's just trying to calm him down. Or it goes like, so tell me about your junior career in Finland. And he's just like, no. And then Tortorella. And I mean, man, like how many times can you tell me like, man, I'm not getting in the lane. I'm not blocking the shot. Like, I know the story is he's clearly leaving. We all know he's he's not coming back to Columbus. But I also, this reminds me how much I love Patrick Line. That's going to really, uh. I think I know this is in terms of personality, but I think in terms of assets, I just think of, I just feel for Columbus where they traded their biggest asset to get line. A. Yeah. And what, what are they going to get for a guy that doesn't even want to stay there? That's probably going to, is not going to be, is not going to be afraid to hold out. And then they got to figure out what they're doing with Seth Jones. That guy's gone. I like, I called this two years ago. On this podcast, when we were doing it at Alex's house, I think it was the first time I was on the podcast. God, I, I, I think I called it. I think I said Seth Jones is not staying in Columbus. And look at you, man! Liz, they got some work to do. If that's the case, Daniel, and you're right, that is going to be a hell of a project for Yarmo Kekalainen because you're kind of starting, not starting from scratch per se, but. You're trading line A. You're getting whatever assets you can there. You're trading Seth Jones. You're getting whatever assets you get there. And then you're kind of left with the goalies and Zach Wierenski. He's probably going to And if they lose Seth Jones, Wierenski's definitely like, yeah, no, I'm done here. And then you have no defensemen. Like it's, you kind of go back and look at a couple of the moves they made in the summer. And it's like, why? You got a bunch of fifth round picks for two for Marcus Nudevara and Ryan Murray. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, because you can't. That's not fair. Because don't forget, they got a pair of first for for um for Felino and David Savard. Like mm-hmm. they they're sure. in a position where if they make the decision and and Kekalainen did say he had to think of like sit down and think about the Jones situation because you could get a freaking hole for Seth Jones. Um, they're in a position where if they committed to a rebuild. And again, not Buffalo Firestorm, but if they wanted to, they could turn it around. But they just, they have to work on whatever it is of keeping their stars. Because, like, at some point, 
you can't keep defending it. Like, listen, listen. Bobrovsky left because he wanted Florida. Like, we all know that. And the Jackets weren't going to pay him that money. New York's pretty sick for Panarin. But, like, the stuff with with Dubois, even though it wasn't torts, and I don't believe it is, there's still something weird there. And if you lose Jones and Nash back in the day, it's just there's something weird. And apparently David Savard wasn't even going to stay for some reason, and that's a big torts guy, and he was such a big part mm-hmm. of that identity. Um, That's another thing. If, if hey – at least they have a vision on that team, like the way they were playing, unlike Buffalo. But but still, there is that. Um, you need to keep guys. That's at the end of the day. Is is you can't be an amazing team at building cup contenders. But the issue is, it's not your team. It's you're losing and trading these great players to help build another squad. If Vegas win the cup, like no offense, I think Mark Bergevin and Pierre Dorian should get rings. You're welcome for Pacioretty and Mark Stone. So should Florida and Dale Talon's like, hey, thanks for Marshall Owen, and Riley Smith. But like you don't want to be that team. And you know, the Columbus man, they might be there. They also remember Columbus, there. they give away William Carlson. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. That was to that save was, Josh Anderson. Who then they trade for Domi and what happened there? <laughs> and then Domi gets benched in the fourth line and we don't think And Domi's a UFA next year, isn't he? Yeah, they gotta figure him out too. And you know Max Domi's going to want to leave because he wants to play in a big market. It's a it's a tough situation. You you have to have the you got to get something to entice people to come right or stay like just to begin with. That that's not worry. Article is really good with that, like it, describing. I know. I guess what we already knew based on those former players. You know, we're not ripping. The Sorry city. to interrupt, Alex. No. Oh, then go ahead, Alex. Sorry, I didn't hear you. No, no, I was saying no. We're not oh, okay. in the city of Columbus. You know, it's, it's like, you know, apparently it's great. I've never been to Columbus. Um, I don't want to go to the States. I, I like Montreal. It's pretty nice. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm not like these people that are looking at pictures of Mars. Like, great. I'm not going to be there. Sucks. Like, you know, uh, but I, apparently it's a great city. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. There are just some people don't want to be there. It's just they have to figure it out um, because it's really becoming if there is an identity to the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's that they just keep losing core valuable players. And could you imagine if Nick Felino doesn't come back? Like, I, I don't think he's going to be up in Toronto because, you know, no offense, but the list of priorities the Leafs are going to have, Nick Felino is not up there. Um, though, I mean, could you imagine a team like Detroit is just like, hey, there? Leadership, friend, Iserman, come. I don't know. There's probably teams who will offer him more money than Columbus would. And then at that point, if he doesn't come back, it's like, oh boy. We need to No, go ahead. Interesting Dan. because, like, he is a torts guy. He's an organization Blue Jackets guy. And I'm still looking at the money of Cam Atkinson or even the extension of Oscar Bjorkstrand, where there's those two good. guys that, in a way, they are pillars on Columbus, but. You know, they were those type of guys where you're gonna have to pay a little more for them to stay. The um, a much, I'd say, a much less worse version of the Buffalo tax, because like Bjork's a good player in that. Um, though it's Bjork Strand, sorry, Bjork's the one in Buffalo now, right? Or no, mm-hmm. yeah, Boston. Uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, yes, Buffalo. yes, yes, traded yes, for yes, traded yes, for yeah. trailer. Oh yeah. God, I need a coffee or something. I'm not, I'm not having a good show here. Um, you know, but the, yeah, those are good players. It's just like, I love Cam Atkinson. Um, and I like how he called out everyone for thinking he had that monster year just because he played with Panarin, but this is not. 
But it's like those are not the like you can keep complementary players. That's great. Um, you need the play drivers. You need the superstars. You need the face of the franchise. And Columbus are losing them more and more. Though, guys, I think it's time. Am I missing anything? Can we talk about the playoffs now? I okay. So. So after tonight, we will, I think, we know for sure what's happening with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. But for now, um, the West is the only division where we don't for sure know what the playoffs will. We'll talk about the, you know, because basically at the end of the day, it's going to be Vegas and Colorado coming out. And if not, it's a complete embarrassment for Vegas or Colorado. But we'll talk about that later. I want to start in the Central Division, guys. Okay. So. Carolina versus Nashville is our first series. And this is happening, I'm pretty sure, for the first time ever. By the way, if you look at Nashville, for some reason, I was looking at their playoff history. There was a couple years when they just kept running into Detroit and just, yeah. <laughs> just kept getting knocked out in the first round. That was really, really funny. Okay. So, Carolina are going to win. But entertain me here because Carolina... Going into the playoffs, they've lost three straight games. Two of them were against Nashville. And, of course, Nashville's last two games were wins and because, you know, they played Carolina. Um, I think we do need to have a sort of uh, moment to kind of think of – Nashville have to have a lot of confidence right now. The way they played the back half of the season since, you know, all the trade mm-hmm. rumors and that were going on um, – you know, um, there's something that would, would probably bring a group together there. Um, plus, Pecorino, who knows what happens with him? I mean, ask, ask Chicago. We all know what happens there. Not to mention, they have this fight at the end of the year with Dallas, and they beat them. They get the games they need. They win. and it, Carolina are going to win, guys, but I think Nashville could make it a fun series. I, I think so. It'll be entertaining, right? Like you, Like what you said there about Nashville they 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 had these obstacles to coming towards the back end of the season remember they were almost we we all thought that Nashville was not necessarily going to blow it up but trade pieces that you know Forsberg Ekholm uh Grandland Halla like there was pieces there that were going we all thought were going to be traded they didn't trade them and I think that has to be a huge confidence booster to that team. But I think at the end of the day, in many places, Carolina does like beat them. What's interesting here, Daniel, is uh, lest we forget, Nashville still have one of the best defensive cores in the league. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that we're they're going to play from the goalie and the defense out because I don't trust any of their forwards, to be honest. I know they're very talented Except players, but they're but they're streaky. They're just really streaky. So I think that it's UC Saros is going to get peppered, but their defense is going to help hold it out. And you know, if Roman Yossi is Roman Yossi, then they're going to try to generate something from there. I, I again, I don't think they're going to win. I think they could maybe stretch it to six games. I think one thing going for them on that Carolina team is something that we've talked about before is goaltending. Um, I've always liked Alex Nedeljkovic ever since the world juniors. And he's, he's those type of goalies where you took quite a while for him to develop. You know, he was drafted 2014 in the second round, but this is his first playoffs. This is the first time that he's the guy there. So I'm kind of looking at that as kind of the Achilles heel on the hurricanes this year. 
Yeah, the goaltending has always been a question because obviously their defense, we know what they're all about, Alex, with with Dougie Hamilton, with just all of them, with Slavin, with Pesci. It's just such a... But I think what what definitely puts them over the edge here, Alex, is probably the forward group, especially with guys like Martin Nakash or Neches, however you say it, really breaking out this year. Yeah, and even that even that first line of I believe it's Fogel, Aho, and um Svechnikov. Say it properly. I don't Habs legend Sebastian Aho. <laughs> no, okay. No. He signed um, the contract. Um like I, I think they, they haven't really been talked about a whole lot, but they've been quite a interesting or the, especially Aho and Svechnikov have been quite an interesting duo this entire year. And I think maybe because we're in Canada, we haven't been talking about the teams in the U S a lot. And I imagine that's going to pick up going into next year, but especially those, those front two, including Nate cash, like they're just, they're a deeper team than I think than last year. I think they're a better team and they're a deeper team than last year. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I was pretty critical of their depth scoring, uh, throughout the year, freaking they proved me wrong. I love to see it. Um, I think everyone kind of roots for the Hurricanes. I hate living next to a highway here. It is the worst thing that's ever happened. Um, though you you know it's we all remember like I think the best moment of the play in last year was when Sebastian Ajo probably retrospectively ended Tony D'Angelo's career for a bit. <laughs> When he just absolutely let them move around him and swept the Rangers. That yeah. was disgustingly wicked. They're just a fun team. And you know what? There are questions with Dougie Hamilton, like as in if he's going to re-sign. Another great year by him, by the way. It would be nice to see them go for a run. Because remember, with, with Carolina, it's first-round exit or conference finals, at the least. Yeah, Maybe they win. Right. Who knows? They're a weird team. And, yeah, the goaltending is always a question there. Um but they should be fine if they, as long as they don't run into Boston. Because it feels like they do well, but I think it was the same thing as last year. They ran into Boston, same in the East Finals a couple of years ago. And then they just have their number. It's a weird thing with Boston. Is They're just a really, really strange team. They're just the, the dragons to so many players. and so The many brick teams. wall. Exactly. Gotta love the brick wall. Um, and do you know what? Delkovich has to be a brick wall. Or maybe it's Mrazic. If, maybe it's James Reimer. He needs revenge. You want like, revenge. Like that's the thing though, right? With their goaltending where they have three guys and, and say what you want about Nijelkovic and Morazic in terms of being up there in the, their, the quality of <laughs> their goaltending, but at least they have options, mm-hmm. right? Where some teams don't have three good options where it's one really good option and then it just kind of dips. Okay, and I'm guessing all of us, the three of us are officially saying that it's going to be Carolina, though. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's five or six for me. Uh, you're saying five or six? Who cares about games? Okay. I say, um, I'll say Carolina in five. It's close. Do you want okay. my mind too? Sure. Whatever. Carolina in six. Okay. Interesting. Looking also in the central, for the first time ever, we are going to get the Battle of Florida between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I hate that they're just called the Florida Panthers. The Fort Lauderdale Panthers. Is that where they play? Maybe. It changes. I thought they were in, like, Sunrise. Maybe. They they moved around. Sunrise Panthers. That sounds cool. 
It does, doesn't it? And you can have like a sort of sunset in the back, but no cactuses though, otherwise Daniel won't like the jerseys. Anyway. Isn't it cacti? No. Well, I am referring to one specific cactus. If it was cacti. Anyway. They are in Sunrise, Florida. Yeah, okay. Okay. So so the Sunrise Panthers, that seems to sound pretty sick. Um, Okay, so Tampa Bay versus Florida. Uh, the Panthers did have a slight edge when it came to the season series. Now, will we forget? No, we will not. That Nikita Kucherov has not played the game this year. Steven Stamkos has not played since April 8th. Um, Kucherov, the way I look at this is Kucherov won't be game shape because you can only do so much in practice, but like yeah. he needs to get on the ice and get his legs and play. And once he gets going, he'll probably be the best player on the ice, him or Barkov. But at the same time, I do want to say that this is a Panthers team that was humiliated last year. And if you remember Tampa Bay, when they were humiliated by the Blue Jackets, they came back and won a Stanley Cup. I imagine, no, just imagine what a, a pissed off Barkov looks like. They're going to want to prove a point, not against their, their state rivals, um, the reigning defending Stanley Cup champions. And even if they don't have Aaron Ekblad, how healthy really is Victor Hedman? for Tampa Bay is what I wonder. Uh, it, it seems like he's not, obviously he's not a hundred percent. Like that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be an important point, but we've like, we've talked about it before. I I've seen a lot of people saying, talking about, well, Victor Hedman's not healthy. I get, he plays a lot of minutes, but how stacked is their left side? I know. Yeah. Right. They're all right. I mean, McDonough yeah, and Sergeyev. Yeah, but they're they're good, but they're not headmen. I know. Like, I I know they're not the guys. same, but it's not like they've just. It's not like it's it's the end of the world, is what I'm saying. They do have a thing of the thing that was even more special about headmen is just then every other defensive pairing was mixed up because everyone played with headmen. Right. Um, so Daniel, were you going to say something there? Sorry. Yeah, I think um. And it's only because it's just the most recent example is I'm going to compare Tampa to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where when they went into the 2016-2017 playoffs, everyone kind of said, I don't know about this team because they had so many injuries as well. That You remember Chris Letang didn't play. Um, they mm-hmm. didn't have Brian Dumoulin for quite a bit. Uh, Malkin was in and out as usual. Yeah. And you still, like, when I think yeah. about stability, guys, like, you had Trevor Daly on your top pairing. And... You had a you know a defensively capable Justin Schultz playing top four minutes at yeah. the time that I don't know Tampa is going to try to grind it out, but I, I could see what you mean where there is a lot more vulnerability than there was last year, where there's just so many unknowns because they didn't have Steven Stamkos, but they had everybody else. But this year, it's just kind of like they have other guys there, but like a lot of them too are not also hundred percent. And I, I guess, yeah, for the Panthers as well, just it's just one of those teams, again, like they're the exciting team that I could see them maybe steal, steal the series in, steal the series. Um, I was going to say exciting again, but steal the series in a very underdog Florida Panthers kind of way where it's just how like understated those signings have been, where I could see a Carter Verhage like hurting his former team. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that, eh? Yeah, they don't have Bogosian. They don't have Verhage. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. I can't wait for Kucherov to have a three-point night. By no means is this going to be an easy series for Tampa Bay. 
but I do think the longer the series goes, it does become, uh, it, it will become, could be very good for Nikita Kucherov. Mm-hmm. Okay, so official predictions. Um, Daniel, who you got? Ooh. Um, if, if, if everything clicks. No, 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 no. No? Can no. I do that too? Okay. No. Um, I'll give a prediction. Don't worry about three games. different who scenarios. Who do you think is going to win? I think Tampa in seven. Okay, Alex? Tampa in seven. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to be different. I'm going to say Florida in six. Just because, just for variety. I'd like to see. I've gone a little bold with some of these. So Does we'll Chris Drieger get time in the playoffs? I would think so. I think he gets game one. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's the first or second option. The Spencer Knight. Yeah, he's he's the first or he's the other of the first two options. Borowski <laughs> is, um, no offense, but Borowski is not my first or second choice. Okay, um, Daniel and Alex, you guys say that. Good. Okay, cool. All right, well. What about Mike? No, I'm kidding. Um, hey, listen. He can do his own thing. Don't worry, don't worry about it. Okay. Um, looking at the East, I had a real annoying time trying to figure out about the Eastern Conference, right? First, we look at Washington and Boston. First time since 2012. That was when the Capitals were victorious. I didn't know it had been that long. Yeah. I kept mixing it up with like them, like the Caps and the Rangers for some reason. I have no idea why. Uh, anyway, though, I think it's safe to say that this is going to be the nastiest series in the first round. Uh, may, at the end of the playoffs, if this is the nastiest, I would not be surprised. Let us never forget the Carlo and Wilson incident from earlier in the year. Ovechkin and Trent Frederick, a lot of hatred in this series. Uh, Ovechkin did play the full game last night. I think he played about 19 minutes, but how healthy is he? Um. The Bruins also on Hellside had a skate the other day when, like, none of their regulars were actually skating. Um, they're always hurt, aren't they? I'm going to go with Washington here. And I say that because, first off, the, the easy thing to look at is there's more experience and reliability on the back end. Um, Boston have the advantage in goal, but at the same time, is Mike Riley on the Boston's defense really enough to turn it around there? And do the Caps allow a lot of goals? Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I also see the Caps as a just much meaner team. And Kuznetsov is probably going to want to have a good playoff to kind of prove to the Caps, hey, you, you do need me because there is something wrong with that relationship. Oh, I think so. I think there's uh, a lot wrong. More with than one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like Washington. Uh, as well, I just think what they did at the deadline, especially that Anthony Mantha, bringing in Anthony Mantha and then adding Michael Raffle as a depth piece, I, I just think it really fit. And by no means am I like disparaging what Boston did in terms of Taylor Hall. Like I think obviously Taylor Hall has worked. Who wouldn't who wouldn't have thought Taylor Hall has worked? I just think with the guys, especially Ovechkin and Backstrom and and you brought Kuznetsov as well. That's a good point. Those guys going into the back half of their career, how many more years are they going to get to a point where they can push this much? Mm-hmm. And I think it's starting to become okay. It's the thing that we say about um, the thing we say about Boston. It might be the last year. It might be the last year. We're getting not. We're not there yet, but we are slowly approaching that point for Washington as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with Boston. Okay. 
but it's going to be in again seven games just because of how this tilt is going to go there's going to a lot of be big body guys um the only thing for me is just i guess the coherence that there's been with the Bruins in terms of what they could get out of guys where the examples I get are, um, and it's pretty funny. I went to daily face off and I forget it's because it's the last games of the season that you'll see a first line of Jake, DeBrus, Chris Lazar and Chris Wagner or a Greg McKay, Zachary Sinitian and a Nick Ritchie in your second line. But yeah, um, I think in terms of, you know, their actual roster, I like that perfect line that they have. Um, and I think, just what we've talked about before where they get so much out of certain guys. Like I think of like Oscar Steen, Jack Stednicka, um, you know, revitalizing Nick Ritchie, um, having Charlie Coyle in that bottom six, I, I really like. And I think in terms of their defensemen, that's just the one thing that may tilt it in favor of Washington right now. But for me, I like to see a rejuvenated Tukarask. I, I still believe in him. Yeah. I still believe that he could steal games. And I think the way the last two seasons have been for him, that he's he has something to prove as well. Honestly, yeah, if this doesn't go well, he might retire. I bet. It's just he's a little older, you know, whatever. So you're saying Boston. I'm saying Boston, seven. And, and Alex, you're saying Washington with me? Yes, I am. Okay. So as you can tell, I've made notes on every series here. Um, I don't know what to say with Boston, uh, with Pittsburgh and New York. I like – I know that there's the 2019 rematch where I think that was the first year the Islanders kind of was with Barry Trotz. You know, yeah, they sweep the Pens. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The Penguins have been wicked good. Cole Caulfield scored two minutes and I just looked at my phone by accident. Let's go. Okay. Um, sweet. Yeah. Um, but then it's the Islanders. It's the Islanders, though. They're, they're going to ruin your fun. Um, I, I don't care if Barzell sat a game going down the street. Who cares? It's the Islanders. We had Will Christophilus on. He talked about uh, Tampa and players playing above the sum of their part. You know, that's the Islanders. That's that's them. It's, hey, John Smith, going to score a hat trick. We don't know who John Smith is. They have, like, everyone talked about Joe Kiviranta for Dallas. Everyone's Joe Kiviranta on the Islanders. Everyone is. This is how it works. They have uh, their captain. And then it's, yeah. And then yeah, like, they don't have Anders Lee. And then even if Paul Mary and Sajak haven't been great, it doesn't matter. They're loafing it out. Eberle will score you know, last second after Kalik can ice the bump. But then it's on the other end. It's, oh, hey, Sidney Crosby. But will we believe the goal? I can. <laughs> I just, I don't know what to make of this series because it's just the Islanders are so, I like my gut just says Islanders because for some reason I said they were going to win the cup a couple months ago or I wouldn't be surprised. For some reason, I, I don't know. I like the Pens seem like a new team again. Hopefully, they make the right choice and goal this time when they get to playoffs. That would be cool. I don't know. I really don't know what to say about this series. It's I think it's the biggest toss up in um, yeah, like at least in the in the playoff. I think it is maybe Winnipeg and Edmonton because I think people are counting out the Jets a bit. But uh, who knows? I don't know. I, I it, it's going to be a toss up, but since we're we have to make predictions, I am going to go with Pittsburgh. Um, I just think this back half of the season has been so so impressive, and if if Crosby and Co can keep that momentum going into the playoffs, that that will be huge. And we're, we're you talk about guys who have experience, Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Like these are guys who have done it before, right? 
Mm-hmm. This that's what is going to Jeff Carter. Like we all forgot Jeff. I completely forgot Jeff Carter was traded to the Penguins. Can you please say Carter uh, the way Mike says Carter Hart? Jeff Carter. Yes. Jeff Carter. Um, Four goal game just because I can. Right. Like, <laughs> like this whatever. is what. <laughs> This is what's going to push them through the rounds. Is it enough to beat the Islanders? I think so. But as we've all said, this is going to be an absolute toss-up. Alexander. I mean, Daniel Daniel Xander. Daniel Xander. Okay. um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh because I have been a Brian Burke fanboy since day one. But all seriousness. um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I like. I think a big thing the last two years they've been trying to do is try to solidify that top nine to really give an identity to what they were, you know, post back-to-back wins. And they, they figured it out. Like, you know, Nick Bukestad didn't work out. Um, they had to f- kind of realize that, you know, you have to sometimes replace Gensel's production with a Brian Rust or a, uh, you know, Jason Zucker there. But I think that n- they have enough now – to kind of go for it again. I, I like the depth they have on this team. I like what they've been able to do to manage, you know, Crosby's minutes, especially when you don't have a Malkin centering things. Um, Jared McCann, Brian Tan- uh, Brandon Tandev, like they're just all these guys all around that they're not, they're not old, but they're not like, they're not these young prospect guys. You, you're trying to like bank on to be like, get the most out of them. Like they've already kind of shown what they can do. Um, and, can we like can we talk about their defense because that was like the biggest thing we we talked about in the offseason where we said it's a dumpster fire that CC's what is Mike what is Michael Matheson and what is Cody CC and somehow CC's been good it's like okay cool Pittsburgh yeah. just how ridiculous is that to look back at Cody CC last year and then what he's done now and, and then I hate Pittsburgh it's just that and you know Jeff Carter randomly getting a four goal game it's just so them. It's just so like out of nowhere, this amazing stuff has happened for them. And like, I, I, it's amazing. I always forget Jake Gensel as a player, but he's so wicked nice. And then it's Russ does whatever he wants. And ah, I, I, I just Pittsburgh. So both of you are going with Pittsburgh. Though. Yes. Pittsburgh yes. and six for me. Okay. I think this goes seven. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the Islanders just, just cause, um, <laughs> I just want the chaos of the Islanders make it all the way to the cup final with that boring play style and somehow win and it sets the game back 20 years. When I was a kid and I was uh, I was like three or four learning how to read, I used okay. to say Chaios. Sorry? Instead of chaos, I had to say Chaios. Chaios? Yeah. I still say that sometimes here and there. Chaios? Okay. Chris Chaios. Chris Cher- Cherios. <laughs> Man, I love to see it. Okay, moving on to the North Division. Okay, um, let's start with Edmonton and Winnipeg. Can I like abstain from the next one after this? No, we'll we'll talk about it. It's not going to be difficult to talk about the Habs and the Leafs. Okay, first off, this is not basketball. Can we remember? McDavid and Dreisaitl are not going to simply just carry the Oilers to the promised land. Because if so, they would have done that in 2017. And instead, they ran into Corey Perry falling on their goalie and couldn't do anything about it. No offense, the Oilers aren't poised for a run here. McDavid was great in the regular season. Cool. He'll probably be great in the playoffs. But the point was, in that game, he hit 100 points. Mm-hmm. Heard people talk about the Oilers won 4-2. Four yep, of the points yep. were McDavid. 
The Jets have been... I think their top six are criticized way too much. I don't like the Blake Wheeler contract. I like the player. And if you think that a player and a group of players are not going to come together for the playoffs, where the Jets not too long ago were... Until they ran into Vegas their first year, were a wagon. Yeah, that that Vegas series was... They walked in... I don't think a lot of people took Vegas seriously last year. I think a lot of people can agree on that. So screwed, by the way, the Jets. They ran into Vegas, their storybook year. They ran into St. Louis, their storybook year. (laughs) It's just been like, I don't get the disrespect Mark Shifley gets. Like, even if he's not the best member of that team, it's just people just completely ignore his skill and how he's like a pure hockey guy. What? Because he doesn't like analytics? I just think it's so preposterous the way that people are dismissing the Jets. Have they been bad? Yeah. But the Oilers, if they don't have Mike Smith, a th- what, 39-year-old goalie, what happens to them? If yeah, they, they have Mike, they have Mike Smith. Is, uh, for is how long, though? Like that's the I thing. don't know. But we said that at the beginning of the season. I made that point at the beginning of the season. And then yeah. look at look at what happened. It's so that is on the coyotes. It's like May, for how you long? know what I right? Like it's May, and it's, you, it's look at his save percentage. If you shut down McDavid, which even if it takes four or five guys, the difference between the Oilers and the Jets that I see is the third line center is Adam Lowry. And by the way, the Jets have been doing all this without Nick Ehlers, who's right. Playoff shooting percentage started going the other way last year. So he's going to be scoring. And arguably they're one of their best, if not their best player this year. Exactly. Mm. And then after McDavid and Dreisaitl, it's still their third line is like, like Zach Cassian is still a regular on that team. Josh Archibald is still a regular on that team. Don't say that. Don't say that. I just don't think they're they're playing the Oilers. Be very careful about what you say about Josh Archibald. Caulfield scored, and there's nothing to win or lose from the game. I don't. I don't care. Like, really, he can score if he wants. I mean, whatever. He already concussed Carey Price earlier in the year. So, like, like no, that was that was Chason. I think Archibald hurt his knee or whatever. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, the the Oilers are goons. I just I like the Jets more. Like, it's going to be problem defending. But if you don't think in the playoffs that players are going to start giving an extra bit. Then come on. I mean, like, honestly, I just, the Jets just seem to be so punked. And like, like, do I have a lot of faith in Hellebuck and how much energy he has right now? No, but at the same time, goalies get hot so easily. I just, I, I, I really want to go with the Jets here. I'm, I'm going to say the Jets. I, 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 I just, I'm not getting off of this at all. This th- is not the game of basketball. You need the supporting cast. And I just don't think the Oilers have as much of a cast as the Jets. I or even... No, I, I'm, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I just keep thinking in my mind when you say this is... Because you said... When you say this is not basketball, I just keep thinking of like McDavid and Dreisaitl like going for an alley-oop like over Pierre-Luc Dubois or something. I think it's called back because it's like, ah, oh, high stick. Because the NHL sucks. So, to, I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go, go on. on. No, no, go, go. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree too. Like, I'm looking at line combinations now of this team, and I'm really liking it. That their last game when everybody was kind of healthy, that third line is Paul Stasny, Adam Lowry, and Mason Appleton. That's that's pretty good. And that that's that alone is like something that I I think about. Where you look at the other lines, where you know, like yeah, you have the Andrew Cobb, you have the Matthew Perot, but these are guys that when they're in um, the right situations with things where they have the right center, like Dubois, they could do something. They, 
they have enough here to kind of offset what we saw with that losing streak and and do something about it. like the Jordy Ben. Okay, like Logan Stanley, that's all right. But I, I'm liking the Morrissey, the Pionk, um, anchoring those two lines. But again, it's going to be goaltending as well, where Connor Hellebuck didn't get a break. What we said in the off season, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't come into this playoffs fresh. By the way, even if the Oilers by like can get past the Jets, like as good as Mike Smith has been, um, I don't see a 39 year old goalie having this kind of run for the entirety of the playoffs. No. I, I just I don't believe in them. Um, it's just crazy stuff. Um, Alex, who do you have here officially? Um, I am. I'm gonna go. With Edmonton, but I, again, I think this one's like I feel like there's so many series that can go all the way, and I just I think Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will end up being too much for the the Winnipeg Jets. And considering that decor, and I know Edmonton's decor isn't great either, but considering that decor, I we've seen what McDavid and and Draisaitl can do. I it, it's going to be very difficult to stop. Daniel, I'm going to go. Winnipeg but in seven because I think that they're going to need three or four games to find their stride again until you get to five to seven where it, it, it becomes more of like this is the Jets team we've seen before uh-huh. okay Montreal Toronto here it is okay listen I'm not going to ask you guys for predictions Alex is going to say Toronto I'm going to say Montreal Daniel I don't, you're probably going to say Toronto um Listen, I have a lot of questions for this series, first off. And I think it's who is starting in net for both sides because who knows where Carey Price is health right now, what the hell the decision with Frederick Anderson is going to be, and maybe a lot of that will have to do with how he plays against the Flames tonight. Um, Senators. Senators. Sens. Why the why, – oh. Uh, so I just quit the show now. The way things are going today. No, no. this is. I feel like I should. Be. It's one of those days. Yeah, one of those days. Um, God damn it. Though, yeah, against the Sens, I think it, I think maybe that will kind of get a gauge of how he's how, if he gets a chance in that. Um, it's going to be a really. It, we're getting this series for the first time since what was it? Seventy nine. Yeah. First time when I, when I finished high school. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Peter back at George and I. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, like looking at the season series, yeah, the Leafs very much dominated. I think it was what, like six to like, God, what even was it? Like seven to three, I think, for the Leafs. Um, if anything for Montreal is that right now, today, Weber, Deneau, Gallagher, and Price were all skating at practice. So the Cavalry is coming for Montreal, who have been very banged up lately. Um, they have not had Brendan Gallagher for God knows how long. And maybe adding to that list, now you have Cole Caulfield playing. Um, maybe they've figured out what they're doing with Sherrod playing on the white right side because that's good, apparently. And for the Leafs, they're also going to get some of that. Riley Nash, we'll see. Um, Nick Felina will hopefully be good. And I think he's apparently might be playing tonight as well. I think he's a game-time decision. So, honestly, we might – I don't think this year we've actually quite seen – the real potential of both these teams in their most complete form. 
Now, like naturally, Zell. injuries are a part of the game, and like you mm-hmm. cannot use that as an excuse at the end of a, a playoff series. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how many championships don't count? This is the way sports are. Though, I don't think this is going to be as lopsided as people think. No, but I'm also yeah. Sorry, uh, go ahead. That no, was that was done. No, I'm just. I, I think there's some people looking at Toronto the wrong way, um, just in the way that I. This is my opinion, and listen, I'll take the absolute. I'll take the fattest L of my life if they lose in the first round. Uh-huh. But I don't think this is the same team as last year. I don't think this is the same team as the year before that, or the year before that, or the year before that, and. I think the additions that they made in the offseason re- answered the questions that every single person said. Where's the extra leadership? Jill Thornton, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian. Where's the toughness? Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, Nick Felino. Like the list goes on. They solidified their defense despite what people say. TJ Brody, s- absolute significant addition to that first pairing. Zach Bogosian, I haven't talked about the third pairing all year. Mm-hmm. That should tell you something. So I don't think saying that there's, I don't think, I'm not saying there's no weaknesses for this team. I'm saying that the weakness of the past, I don't think is the weakness of the present. I think it's very weird to say, but it's very fair that I think the team, like at the end of the day, the Leafs have to win around. I think they really do. Otherwise, you know, I think maybe there needs to be some question. Like they have to win a round. That is not up for discussion. They have to win two rounds. If they don't, if they don't get out of this division, someone's yeah, traded. They, yeah, that's a bit of the issue there. Yeah, someone's yes. traded. Though somehow I think crazily, and I'm saying this very carefully, the Habs are probably the team that feel the most pressure. You talk about leadership. I think that a guy like Thornton has probably alleviated the stress and probably because, uh, you know, you don't have the scrums that I think the atmosphere of the, of the pressure in the Toronto media um, has definitely very much kind of taken away from um, maybe the dark aura that's been around the Leafs. Um, it, it hasn't stopped things for the Habs because it feels like that maybe what's going on with Jonathan Druin, but like, and just with everything that's gone on with the Canadians off the ice this season with so many firings and that and Bergevin's contracts apparently in the air now. Um, it's a weird, and in this position with these two different teams that honestly, um, I'd say the Habs are the ones mostly under pressure here, or in at least the ones that are going to feel it. Because the, sorry, go ahead, Dan. I think like what Adam's saying is this more of like with Toronto, I think that if Toronto were to lose, yeah. there'd be a lot more assessment with things where there, there will be a change, but I think there'd be more speculation discussion before that. I think for Montreal, it's more of like, there's been so many changes already throughout the season that like this might be the final straw. There's also a mental thing that the Leafs definitely looked like they had it last year. Like there was, especially after the Babcock stuff this year, because of the guys they've brought in, I don't think the Leafs necessarily like uh, how often are they going to have a bad day in that locker room? I don't think so. Like that, that's what I mean by like really feeling it. I don't know how many days, a lot of players, especially with COVID and that, in Montreal have gone to the rink and are really, really happy that day. You know, and there's been some really bad stretches. That, that's what I kind of mean by the whole thing of, of pressure. Um, you know, I don't right. think there's been a lot of people saying, Grr, 
Toronto this year when last year there was very much a very big GER. You know, especially when you look at the playoff race that they have very clearly been first in the division all year, the best team in the North Division. When last year it was a tag, not it with the Florida Panthers for third in the Atlantic. Right. I just think that if they do lose, and I, I may, that shouldn't be the, and you're right, the mindset in the room isn't this, but I think the mindset outside of it is if they lose, there's going to be a lot of questions. But yeah. in the room, I think you're right. I, I don't think there's as much pressure in the room based on the additions that they made. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That, that's, you don't, and I, I think that's the point of Thornton. Like we question, why the hell is he playing? Well, that's why. He's there to make the guys feel good about themselves. And, you know, confidence is a hell of a drug. Right. Very much a hell of a drug. Um, and listen, <laughs> The Habs, we all know, are the most physical team, and like, don't always believe hits, just because oftentimes, if a team doesn't have a ton of hit, if a team has a lot of hits, um, they might not have the puck as much. Um, I'm excited to see playoff Wayne Simmons um, and Nick Foligno against you know Corey Perry, Josh Anderson. I know. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like, like the intensity think, yeah. is, is like, man, just Corey Perry being a total being Corey Perry is just always. You know, he's going to be in Jack Campbell or Frederick Anderson's kitchen all night, and then Wayne Simmons is going to do the same thing to Jake Allen or Carey Price. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of the goaltenders. I don't think there's a question. It doesn't really matter what happens tonight. Jack Campbell starting game one. So yeah. you're saying we're not going to see the David Riddick inspired Felix Potvin equipment in the playoffs? Uh, who has that, Freddie? No, uh, David Riddick. He, David Riddick just, he recently not, changed it into no. like the, it's like Felix Potvin inspired. I, I, I don't think we are going to see David Riddick this playoffs, barring catastrophe. Barring what happened to Colorado last year. Like right. Just, oh, God. Like, I, I think Jack Campbell is starting. I think there's. I think CJ said that there's going to be a back-to-back game three and four because, for whatever reason, they don't want to put. I don't know what for whatever reason, that they don't want to start earlier. Like today's Montreal's last game, right? Yeah. So the Leafs' last game is on Friday. So why are we starting on Wednesday? Hey, I, I don't know. It's weird. Um. What are they doing? What, what in the world are the NHL doing? Okay. Um, it'll be a fun series. It'll be a fun series nonetheless. And you re- God, this We're is still going to be friends. Yeah. I just yeah. really, yeah. I, I just, it really sucks that there are no fans. Um, because atmosphere at, at, at Habs Leafs games are always great mm-hmm. because just the, the pockets of other the other fan base that show up at the home buildings are always really, really fun. That's the worst part about all this. Yeah, that we don't like, we won't really get to experience this. Um, right. We won't be at Maple Leaf Square. No, no. Slash no. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Sure. Do, 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 do. Okay, cool. Moving on to the West Division. So I think. I after, done. Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> no, well, after today is, we'll know exactly what's going on in the West, but it's going to be one of Vegas or either playing St. Louis or Minnesota, and Colorado will play who's ever left over. Now, I think that basically the way this is going to go is okay, St. Louis lost, and Colorado, oh, oh my, Minnesota sure put up one hell of a fight, but they couldn't get it done in the end. Um, 
it's almost like kind of, I think Minnesota are almost playing with house money. Um, one thing I really want to talk about with Colorado here is this core has not got past the second round yet. Um, they should have beaten Dallas. They, I think they, they personally, I think they really blew that last game. That was the Kivaranta hat trick game too. Um, I don't think you can waste more of McKinnon at six million. McCarr is off his ELC. They're not Vancouver levels of messed up. Sakic has been really smart with that stuff, but you know you've also got the Brandon Sog rental. Um, Landis Cog needs a new deal. Grubauer does as well. Um, I think this needs to be a statement playoffs from Colorado because they need to prove they're the big dogs in the West. Now, this is gonna like this may sound kind of dumb, but they need to prove that they're the Blackhawks, not the Kings. They need to prove that they're the Penguins, not the Capitals. Because when we think of the 2010s, we think in the West, we think of the Blackhawks before the Kings because they've got the extra ring. When we think of Sid versus Ovi, we think of Sid first because he's got three the Ovechkins won. It was a meme that the Caps could not get past the second round. And I think if Colorado, because you know what, Vegas have that cup final in them. They have the magic. Colorado need to come out in this, and I hate to be jumping to the second round, but I really think Colorado need to beat Vegas. I think they're the better team. I like their roster more, and I think to set the scene in the West for the next sort of wave of battles there, the next Chicago-LA kind of scenario, I think Colorado need to win. Are you saying the early 2000s Detroit-Colorado? Yeah, I Sure. Yes. Okay. Sure. I, I, I agree. For my time. I agree as well. I think Colorado, Colorado, this is the year that when we, we talk about everything that's kind of gone right for them with that core, and then you add in Devon Taves, you add in Bowen Byram. They, they, you know, <laughs> Philip Grubauer has, you know, it, it's like he's like imperfect cell last year. This year he's like perfect cell. And um, he has sorry, he's Dragon, Dragon Ball Z cell. reference. Yes, he's perfect cell after Goku fails to destroy him. Like he teleports to King Kai's planet, and he rebuilds from the single cell. And then the Saiyan cells in him make him his power go even more because he had a near death experience. Yes, so that that's 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 where I think they're at right now. Where they have everything to lose. When Alex said that they had the Leafs have to f- win two rounds. Colorado also has to win two rounds. Um, as much as I love the Wild, um, you know that that's that's going to four or five games. I think um, I not because they're a bad team, but also because like this is what Bill Guerin kind of wanted for Minnesota, where it's like hmm. they need, they weren't even expected to make this type of run. This was uh, like the Oklahoma City Thunder where last year, where they made the playoffs, but it was more of like you're relying on the young guys right now and you're just waiting for the older guys to kind of get off the books or, you know, the ones you can't get rid of, you know, try to fit them somewhere. And you are make really making it sound like the Habs last year, my friend. Um, and um, I think, um, yeah, Colorado has to do it. I think, you know, I, a lot of the times where I've, I've listened to old episodes, I, I sound like I'm very anti St. Louis, where in fact I actually like the team. Really? I actually do. I do. You anti St. Louis? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I like a lot of people think I don't like Jordan Bimington. Like I, I've been a fan of him since the World Juniors, but I just just don't feel the magic with them. I don't feel that they made the right moves the last two years after that cup win to kind of keep the window going. And it's shown this year. And I 
when I'm going to talk about Vegas now, and I know I'm, I'm jumping gun going all, all around because we really don't know what the matchup is going to be. Right. I think Vegas is going to be the St. Louis or Minnesota, but I'm going to take Colorado getting out of this division because purely because of the depth, because of the center depth, because Logan Stevenson is still their first line center and their <laughs> defense is, is, is good, but it's not Colorado solid. I think you meant Chandler Stevenson, by the way. Oh yeah, sorry, Chandler Stevenson. Logan Stevenson's the left winger, I remember. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking that or maybe you're going Logan O'Connor. Who's like Logan I think O'Connor. Colorado's like thirteen forward. Yeah. Um I I do agree with what you guys were saying in terms of Colorado needing to prove something, I guess, in a way. Um I think the difference between this year's team and last year's team is I think last year we walked into the playoffs about Colorado and said they're very solid everywhere. We were just skeptical about goaltending. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, I, I, I do think they are very comfortable with Philip Grubauer. And it seems like what I've seen and what I've read is even though the numbers might look slightly different, it just seems like Philip Grubauer is that extra step uh, this year. So I do think Colorado is going to make a push. I'll, it'll be interesting to see Vegas and Colorado. The thing with Vegas is they've had so many salary cap issues throughout the year. Apparently, they were like there was like ten times throughout this year where they were down a man. <laughs> Vegas, which is great, which is ridiculous, but that's a separate story. But that those two teams, I think, are going to be for the next few years at least. Those two, the the two, I guess we'll call them powerhouses in the West. And someone has to prove something. Mm-hmm. And if Colorado, wa- if Colorado wants to prove it, it has to be now. Mm-hmm. I'll say it this way. Like, does Nathan McKinnon want to be Joe Sackick, Colorado, or does he want to be Matt Duchesne, Colorado? Okay. To- <laughs> Hold on. Let's not forget McKinnon had points in all but one game last year in the postseason. Mm. I'm oh. talking about like in terms of eras oh, oh. where like when Colorado tried to build a winner with Stasny, Duchesne, um, O'Reilly, where yeah. like where they got so lucky with all their draft picks. And how dumb is it that all three of those guys are gone and they're better for it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. One thing is like just for the drama, I want to see Vegas versus St. Louis. What? Oh, you know what? I was I had this thing. I don't have it here, but it's like the opposite of net. You have the Joker, nice guy, Mark Andre Fleury, versus the fake out punching Jordan Bennington. <laughs> you think Ryan Reeves just gives it to him a little bit? I would like nothing more. By the way, people who who are telling Bennington to stop it, like, this is exactly what we need in this sport. Like I. I would, man, I, oh, Reed, well, Bennington should not fight him because he would get destroyed, but man, would I love to see it. Would He's I love get to see it? It's just funny what he does is like, oh, he just did that to Devin Dubnik. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Okay. He's going to get oh. it handed to him, though. Now, oh, yeah. And I hope it's Ryan <laughs> Reeves. It would be great. It would be real entertainment. Uh, I guess, I guess finishing, we could talk, yeah, a bit more on St. Louis. And yeah, by the way, Minnesota. Yeah, like just it's been such a great year for them. Um, like this is this is their sort of um, this is like when Colorado made the playoffs at like eighty-seven points a couple of years ago. Montreal missed with ninety-six. 
Um, and they made, and that was like their sort of first, like, we're fun, we're here. This is Minnesota's first fun, we're here moment. This is their Leafs 2017 versus the Caps moment. They got a bill from here. St. Louis is just such a weird team because it's just, it's not been the same because, you know, they lost Petrangelo, obviously. Tarasenko hasn't been healthy for like a year plus now. I just, I can't see them. And if it's against Vegas, I mean, say what you want about Colorado's um, team and their makeup. Even compared to Vegas and St. Louis, Vegas just all around have a more complete roster. And I mean, if you want to talk about Minnesota, like how bad Vegas' center depth might be, Chandler Stevenson, good guy, does the role. Um, Minnesota were like fishing in like the bargain bin for centermen over the break. <laughs> like, Pretty, you know, Ryan Hartman's uh, their third line center. Right? Ryan Hartman. You yeah. had like, you know, what's going on there? And they don't have a like, Kareem Prisov is, is great. We know that. Um, you got to deal with Mark Stone. And yeah, that's a pretty damn good player. And then, you know, when he's doing all the hard work, there's Patch Ray. Right. William Decent Carson. Players. Yeah, William Carson, just doing his own thing. And then, you know, hey, Shea Theodore, who's having another great year. Who would have thought? Yeah, like the, when Minnesota can leave this year, even let's like, even if they're not competitive in that first round, per, like let's say with some positives, actually with quite a few positives. Uh, they were able to bring Kaprizov in, which how many GMs couldn't? They there's ju- it just lo- there's guys on that team who have made steps. Um, I mean, yeah, they're going into the expansion draft with a question, but still, like they've made improvements, and I don't know if things like I'm very sure things are going to go up from here. The big thing with Minnesota is we're no longer laughing at their mediocrity. It's their fun. And they're an exciting team to watch. Right. And uh, they actually have money. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, hey, those Capri Soft shirts are just, they're wicked things, aren't they? Um, You know, when you're like, oh, sweet, we're done. And you realize, no, that's just the playoffs that we finished. Okay. We'll go a bit quicker to end the show because we have a massive amount of stuff to get to. Um, Just quickly, guys, Ray Ferraro and Brian Boucher picked up by ABC and ESPN to do coverage. I found I saw an article saying yeah it looks like Ferraro might still be doing um, TSN stuff. Apparently he wouldn't comment. Smart. I didn't know anything about Boucher though. Um, still though, we've been talking Alex about ESPN needing to get the good guys, the character guys. Ferraro is not a colorful character, but there are very few people that I like to listen talk about hockey and know their stuff and make it so easy to talk about and understand. Quite like Ray Ferraro. There's yeah, there's only a few guys out there who, when they say something, I listen a hundred percent of the time, uh, and he is one of them. And for him to be on ESPN, like he's, yeah, he's an older, older hockey player, but I think he has a lot more personality than a lot of guys who they could pick, right? And he's knowledgeable and he's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's not Shaq, Charles Barkley entertaining, but he's entertaining in a different way that makes you want to listen. I, I can make a joke. I'm not going to. I just got <laughs> that damn panel. Um, Daniel, go ahead. Like, man, I I really hope this never gets in the way of anything TSN on Sundays because God, I love watching Rafael. Yeah, I think that it's just a well-known face. Um, he's been with NBC before in the past, and. He's just someone that I think he deserves this. I think that uh, he's kind of shown both on TV, both on radio, both through video games. Yeah, he can do it all. 
he yes. can be wherever he needs to be. And I think that that's been huge for him where you, you need that sense of familiarity, even with a new platform, you know, to kind of gauge people like, oh, yes, Ray Ferraro. I remember that guy from EA. Yeah. I, I will say I don't love his EA stuff. I, let's just, I'll say this. Um, he's a great hockey commentator, was a great hockey player. I'd love to have a conversation with Ray Ferraro. Um, he's not the best voice actor or no. whatever you can call it. Not a, I can tell that he is reading lines. He's not the best at it. Uh, yeah, like, like he's good in the heat of the moment, but, but the thing like, is when you start hearing it pretty often, it's like, it's, uh... it's like and the rookie gets on net. Good play. It's like, yeah, I don't. I, you know what? Maybe helps that the game is not great, but like, <laughs> still, he's in real life where it matters. He's amazing. Yeah, it just doesn't translate on the video game. So there's like even FIFA's like that. They just repeat the same thing over again. I'm like, I don't care anymore. Miss the net on the shot. Oh, like, it's just it's me alone. so garbage. Um, accountability is something you've always talked about this year, Daniel. Um, Zach Parise, 75, well, not 75, oh 7.5 million dollar healthy scratch. Yeah, I again, when we when Alex talked about Minnesota, just so different this year. Like you feel for the guy, I really feel for him. Like, you know, he he's a hometown boy. He came to the wild and he wanted to try to win a cup with them, but it just hasn't worked out and when it comes to that accountability, they've just played a lot better without him. Um in terms of his advanced numbers, shout out to Aaron Heckman from the Hockey Writers, that he hasn't been bad. It's just he hasn't been 7.5 million good. And the past few games, he's been a healthy scratch or he's been on the fourth line. Like, he has no points in the last 10 games. And I just don't know what his future is going to look like with the Wild because if you buy that out, you still are going to have him on the books for, like, six years. Mm-hmm. Even to, you know, it's... I can't think about the reaction to really when that contract first happened because you still look at $7.5 million now is just so much money. Like, that's Tarasenko money. And then you look at, like, Parise and you're like, oh, what were they think? Like, who still gets $7 million? Not to mention the AAV of seven just doesn't really happen anymore. It's like six or it goes like Sagan was 8.5. 7.5 is just... I don't think there are players other than Suter and Parise I associate 7.5 with. And it's terrible. It's just, yeah, but hey, you know what? I don't mean to harp on Minnesota because people have been harping on those deals for a long time. And they will continue to until like 2023, 2024 when they expire. I'll tell you what's expiring. There might be an extension. But we don't know for sure. Rod Brindamore, Rod the Bob Brindamore. Um, apparently, there is reporting that there is a three-year contract on the books with him or offered to him, one point eight million dollar AAV. Now, Sarah Sivian, who is the best when it comes to Carolina, and pretty good writer overall. I love Sarah. Really funny, by the way. Great Twitter follow. Um, on um, the Athletic, she says Her- uh, Carolina Hurricanes GM Don Waddell tells me a report that Rod Brindamore has received the three. Year $1.8 million contract extension is not true. It's been three years since Rod Brindamore was hired head coach. The team account tweeted three years as head coach to commemorate and the confusion apparently ensued. They knew exactly what they were doing, by the way. Yeah. Um, and she also puts here, they are close though, so layoff insiders. It's really <laughs> funny. She's gross. She always gives it all. It's great. Um, it is weird. Like I think that's what Elliot was reporting. It's just, I just love that thing of Sarah Sivian is just like, you know what? I know, like, and she's probably right. 
But it's just this thing with Rod is just like it's and not to mention everyone's been talking about them no matter what it is. Watch it be like one point eight, whatever he his number was when he played. What number was he, Daniel? Uh, I don't know. Put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't anyway, remember. 79. 0.79. Andre Markov. You love to see it. Um, but it, it's it sounds like I guess it's still and the big story has been he wants to. He's fine. Rob Brindamore doesn't need money. Like he made it when he was a player. Uh, he still wants to get his staff figured out. I guess that's what holding stuff up right now. Um, I can hope that he doesn't sign there. Because God, I just like to imagine he knows some French. Please, I don't want to charm anymore. What I loved about this extension rumors is, or the speculation is that you know that picture where he's just yelling at the ref. It just kept circulating again. <laughs> it's he's terrifying. So funny, he man, that picture that the infamous picture of him throwing the frisbee around in the bubble last year, and he's just like, he's just shirt off. He's just completely ripped. It's like the man is a meme, and he's a great coach. I mean. I mean, Carolina don't need him. I mean, they got Aho. We'll take the coach in Montreal. We'll take the coach. Okay. Um, By the now, way, he was number 17, so I was close. 17? What a weird number. 17? Who wears 17? Zach Parise. Exactly. Oh, no, he doesn't. He did in the United States. In the Olympic team, he's 11 now. Sorry. Who's you 17? Know- on 31 Thoughts, they had Kirk Muller, and I guess because he lost his 11 to um, Messier for the All-Star game. I think it was in Montreal. And they gave Muller 9. And it's like, I watched, and apparently afterwards, I'll read Rich, like Maurice Richard told him off, because who the hell do you think you are? As a hat, wearing 9 in Montreal. What are you doing? I just like some number things. Like, first off, Messier, you're not even, who cares about Mark Messier? Thinks he can be the coach. Is that gonna is is Mark Messier gonna be the coach of the New York Rangers? By the way, because apparently he wants to be. You know, I never knew like not like he wasn't a bad guy. Just I never knew like he had like all of these like he was like a tough negotiation type of guy or locker room guy. I never knew that because when I was like really little, all I remember about Mark Messier were the lace commercials. Yeah, yeah, he's just one of those. I mean, he's an old school hockey mind. Like I don't think he would be a good. It's like it's like what Wayne did. Yeah, but was it? Was, but was that's the thing? Was it? Was he old school hockey mind, or is it trying to explain to players what you saw? Because I think that was the issue with Gretzky. Like I think that was the biggest issue. It's like, well, guys, do this, and they're like, we don't know what you're talking about, man. Just like, know where the puck's going. <laughs> we don't know, Wade. Well, that's your problem. One <laughs> of you stay behind the net. That's my office, and we're good. Did he? Did he use his famous quote from the office though? Yeah, this one hundred percent. And then uh, he's the kind of Wayne Gretzky is definitely a shoot from wherever type of player. Um, God, Wayne Gretzky. What there was um one random thing. This reminds me of uh, Wayne Gretzky was a coach. So Zach Granke is a pitcher in the MLB right now. He's on the Astros. So he's like known as a veteran guy. Where I remember there were rookies asking like. Hey man, like, what can I do better with my game? Can you show me? He's like, yeah, for sure, I'll show you. And then they, they went to the video room, and then just Granky just shows the rookies a video of him hitting a home run. He's like, all right, do more of that. Um. By the way, I can't wait. There, Moneyball is gonna look really bad soon. Now that Billy Beans left, and now Oakland may be moving. By the way, so Montreal. Imagine, imagine, um, 
but like they're gonna they're they're really gonna have to update the end of Moneyball where it's like oh well yeah Billy Bean did end up going to Boston and uh, the <laughs> Oakland A's ended up moving anyway though uh, Mark Andre Fleury the third winningest goalie of all time I wonder if he could catch Wah I hope not but I wonder if it's possible let me get his wins up here fellas I'll start with you um, Alex because I know Daniel wants to talk about it I'm gonna make him wait. <laughs> no, uh, he's obviously a probably what would we are we would all agree Hall of Fame like first yeah. ballot no question not in the first ballot why not I I you got to be careful with goalies no no he's not <laughs> first ballot if he had, was a starter for if Pittsburgh didn't turn the knife and take him out that year Matt Murray did it then maybe like I think he's a Hall of Famer like without a question one yeah. of the best goalies of all time. I don't like he's not a first ballot though. Like that's I I think first ballots are like Sid and Ovechkin are first ballot Hall of Famers. I don't think Lalongo's. Let's see who's on. I guess let's see who's on the ballot. (laughs) I mean for that year, yeah. Will Alex McGillney finally make it onto the ballot? Yeah, let's let's put it like this: NHL, the way that the Hall of Fame has been going lately, probably. But I think we got to figure like Lundqvist is because of like listen. And I don't, I hate doing this. I'm not trying to really destroy Flurry here. He had Sid and Malkin. Lundquist did everything he could. 459 wins. And who was the best forward ever in front of him? Marty for a little bit, but like um, in his later years. Rick Nash. Rick Nash, who never had a centerman. Brad Richards. Brad Richards. Brad Richards. I mean, okay, at the time, he was still Brad- putting up like. Brad Richards would be like the third best guy to ever play with Sidney Crosby. I mean, he was still putting up like 80 to 90 points around that time. Those goalies are just weird. I mean, I just don't think that he's a first. Listen, he's he's good. Like, like, trust me. Like, I'll say this. If he can get 500, if he beats Wah or gets like 540 wins, I'll say he's first battle. How many more years do you think he pops? Well, he's at 491 wins now. Um, I don't know what his deals is. His deal the next year. Yeah, yeah. If he's still playing this well, who knows? But anyway, go go on. Either about- way, he's a really good goalie. Like he's good. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to spark that discussion. That's not, that was great. Now his his agent's going to tweet us putting the sword in his back. <laughs> oh no! Great, thanks guys. That's well, he, well, okay, that's the name of the episode. That, that's if he does that to us, we'll ask him. Can you be on the show as well, please? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, exactly. It works out one win for us. <laughs> no losing scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's a good goalie. Uh, a lot of those Pittsburgh years were were impressive. I mean, I know Daniel is going to say a whole lot more uh, than than I will. He's for his generation. I mean, he's up there in terms of great goalies. He's third of, he's of third his generation's league. best. He's third. So a lot price and and Lundquist, Lundquist. which okay. I mean I can agree with three. that yeah yeah he's all right which is top three which I mean yeah. like there's like yeah I mean good. like there's been a lot of goalies I mean, I mean right, like, right which is pretty good right he's better than Ryan Miller yeah 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 um <laughs> just making right. fun of all I I don't know, why I don't know. how did this I become always, like yeah okay <laughs> I take the piss out of all the goalies you like I'm really sorry I don't mean to do it it's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where can I start with Marc-Andre Fleury? Like, 
he was really the guy. Like when I think of real juniors, I think of Flurry because that was my first real juniors I watched. I was like five or six, and when I think about when I when, I don't know, it's just like it was a guy where it's weird that he's thirty seven to me because I watched him in two consecutive real juniors and I I grew up with the guy. Like not like it's just someone where he's been a fixture the entire time I've been a hockey fan, and I'm just really happy for him because that that he was the reason that made me a Pittsburgh fan like you know not a top tier Pittsburgh fan but I always rooted for them I always wanted them to beat Detroit I always even in the finals I wanted them to beat Nashville I wanted them to beat San Jose and it was because of Flurry and he's always going to be one of my favorite players like he's probably what was that list I sent you guys he's probably third on my list mm-hmm. and yeah I, I don't know like what there's a lot to kind of talk about where his performances here and there, like his personality. I think that that was something too, where that was fresh for me because when I started watching hockey, it was all about those veteran teams. It was all about, you know, those no nonsense guys that you had on the team, but like you had flurry where, you know, he, he was like four and 14 on Pittsburgh and he was still giving these really funny interviews. Like he was being like, yeah, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't win today. Like we, we were killed, but you know, there's always tomorrow. So we could be happy about that. And that's just one thing I always kind of stayed. Um, that's what stayed with me. And I know you don't like it, but the yellow pads, that's iconic for me. I, I, I it just, it's mustard. Listen, he's at 60. He's 60 away from Wah. So what, 230 win seasons? Like You probably have to take it from Wah. He, 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 could, he could do it. Um, he could pass Wah. But, you know, I just, it's weird he never won a Vesna either. I mean, that, yeah, that he was close. Win. Yeah, well. But thing I, is, like, one more thing is just him going to Vegas. That 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 was a blessing i think like it was sad for me to see him leave pittsburgh but to really rejuvenate his career and really still show that you know he's a starter like he went to i know he was a backup for two of them but he went to three straight finals they don't win it without him that's the important part yeah Um, you know what he might be the most beloved penguin of all time really because listen mario like mario tried to sell the team like don't forget that like mark like the way they, they respond to that guy like if the NHL was a bigger sport, Flurry would be like pop culture level dude. Like he's just so likable. Um, okay, finish off here. We talk about World Juniors. U18s are done. Canada win gold, leading the way, ladies and gentlemen. Connor Bedard. The pre- I can't wait until he comes in has like a Lafreniere type rookie season where it's like he's going to be a great player, but it's not ninety six points in twenty games, and then it's like he's a bust. Because the pressure on him already is ridiculous. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I just hope it's not Buffalo. Um, oh I know we're too, <laughs> yeah. like that. That isn't just. I'm sorry, Will, if you're listening, but I just I, I hope it's not Buffalo. So has Shane Wright and has Connor Bedard play their last game? No, they're gonna say we want to be here when Dylan Cousins says I want out. <laughs> it's the circle of life. Just but yeah, ruining, I, I don't know. Ruining them. I don't know. I I'm excited for this. That people have just been hyping up already, and you know these guys are looking like you know if not borderline generational talents already. And the way they have hyped up Bedard, and I think I put in the doc, it was what was his name again? The Russian player, um, uh, Mitchkov. 
Yeah, like they were hyping up like, is this the next Crosby versus Ovechkin? Like throughout the rankings, and that that'd be pretty cool. Matvey Michkov. There you go. Matvey Michkov. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that is everything. It's a lot. It's almost two hours. Yeah. Um, it's two two in the Habs game, by the way. Um, so that's fun. Uh, that should be a good game. Is the Panda enjoying the the game? That's Robin Leonard. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> I should be the starter. I don't want to make fun of him. Like Robin Leonard, he's such a great guy. It's just I love Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard have... versus Jordan Bimington. I have a sword. I have the master sword from Legend of Zelda. So like, <laughs> if things don't go well, you know how Vikings do blood sacrifices with their goats. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My Robin Leonard the Panda. Maybe that's what Flurry was doing. He wasn't actually trying to say, like, hey, make me the star. He was actually trying to sacrifice himself. And that would feed the bad juju and Vegas would have won. I don't think that's what Alan Walsh was doing. But and uh, then, and can... uh... Alan Walsh was he listened <laughs> if, to our podcast and he's like, There should be more drama. If you yeah, want like, if you we could I mean if that helps you sleep better at night, we can think what you think. No, what are you saying? That the agent was just doing what his client wanted and trying to get him in the net and not a Viking blood sacrifice? How dare you? Well, thank you, The Voice Head, as always, for being a fantastic platform for the show. If you enjoyed the show, check it out. On, uh, check out the YouTube version of the show. That's going to be pretty fun. Uh, check out all our own socials, the show socials, including TikTok. That's great fun. Daniel's work for the eye opener and the Hockey Riders, my YouTube channel, Alex's blog. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to your podcast, including Apple Podcasts, which is a terrible name for an app. I miss iTunes. Spotify, that's a big deal, even though it's overrated. And YouTube. I said that, but we're going to say it again because check out the YouTube, get the discussions going, that kind of stuff. Leave a review on the show. And TikTok. TikTok. Good stuff. 